and welcome to another episode of the Jonesing for Sports podcast. College football season is upon us. It is just two weekends away until the opening action, so it is time for our comprehensive college football Big Ten preview, including us picking our division winners, also the win-loss totals for the various teams in the Big Ten. We're going to be picking some stocks, stock up, stock down on our players, coaches, and teams in the Big Ten. We're also going to be drafting some alternate teams because it's always fun when you have another team to cheer for when things might not be going your way. And we're also going to take some time to listen to what our fans had to say to us throughout the past couple weeks. So stay tuned. We got a lot of great action in store for you right now. Jonesing for Sports Podcast. I feel like we're like right at the cusp of sports starting again. Like the summer, it's been kind of the doldrums of sports with the Tigers being bad. And like, there's really not that many sports going on. And we are just a few weeks away from college football dropping and I, if I'm telling you guys the truth, I've been watching, rewatching way too many college football games lately. And I, that might be a sickness, uh, but I'm embracing it right now. <laughs> yeah, Brandon would never do that. Mm-mm. Nope, all about the present. <laughs> Just embracing Tigers baseball instead of looking back at past glory in college football. <laughs> Brandon, that sounds depressing. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> uh, we should shout out. I know it's not in the topics for today, but Alavila, thanks for nothing. Go enjoy. <laughs> Go enjoy retirement. <laughs> Ooh, quite a shout out there, Trev. <laughs> shout out to that, Big Al. Bren, you want to give a shout out to uh, Chris Illich, your favorite owner? No. I don't even want to talk about that loser. How can you... I understand how because his father was the one who started everything and he just through nepotism inherited his company and his team and all that. So he is an idiot. I'll just leave it at that. If you don't know when you last extended your general manager and you don't know the players on your own team, you don't take any responsibility for the failures of your team that you own. You're a loser. Get out of Detroit. (laughs) You're the one who needs to go enjoy retirement. I... I was so happy for like five minutes after Avila was let go. And then Chris Illich has to get on the TV, and I have no faith, zero faith. And I – okay, so for years, people have pounded the drum of sell the team, sell the team for the Lions. And I've always kind of been against that line of thinking because I generally just blame – the general managers or the players or the coaches. But holy cow, sell the team, (laughs) Illich. You don't spend money. You have no idea what you're talking about. You clearly just don't care. So move on. Focus on your business. I just have to think, like, after that press conference, do you think that is he that dumb in business too? <laughs> like in these board meetings with people that actually know business, is he's like, uh, I can't remember when uh, we made that deal. Was that three years ago or last year? I just uh, forgot to write it down. 
Man, what an airhead. Too much greasy Little Caesars pizza, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, very disheartened when I realized that was who owns the team. Because, man, you do not have to have high qualifications. You just need a rich daddy. <laughs> I I felt like we needed to bring that up from where our last episode was. Um, but, Cody, this is a happy episode. Could you bring us back to the yeah, joys of looking forward? Yeah, bring that up? Forward? I wasn't even thinking about this. <laughs> Loser. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for that turn. Those I'm sorry. I, some... I just felt like we had talked about it last episode. We were a little delayed. I felt like the pod was owed some... Avila, just a quick caveat of Avila. Those were some quality shout-outs. Um, well, it depends on which direction you want to take this, because were you ready to listen to something that our fans had to share with us? Yeah, let's do that. Because it might be, uh, from what I hear, a bit of a scathing review in one of them, <laughs> uh, but we're always happy to hear from our fans. Uh, we just love hearing from you guys and interacting with you, uh, getting to see your thoughts on what we share on the pod. So I think we're going to go ahead and queue up one of those calls right now. Yeah, we've got a good one from a uh, Michigan fan from from the great state of Michigan, Matt Bruner. We're going to play that one first. Uh, so here it goes. Oops. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Matt Bruner, uh, a long-time Joneser, first-time sportser. Um uh, yeah, I love the pod. I love starting with some good uh, Sarcaster brand flakes in the morning. Uh, yeah, I miss Sarcaster brand. I think you should do a whole episode where it's just Sarcaster brand and all his uh, all his views on everything. But yeah, like I said, enjoying the podcast. Um, I'm not. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about sports, the Michigan sports. So it's great getting your guys' perspective. Um, so I had uh, just a couple questions. Um, first of all. Uh, for uh, the conference um, realignment, do you think we should rename the conferences, you know, with Big Ten not having 10 teams and, um, you know, all those other other things changing up? Uh, should we change the names of the conferences? And if so, what should we change them to? And then my other question is, I know you guys talk a lot about Star Wars. You know, you use uh, Star Wars analogies and all that stuff all the time, and I love it. That's one of the 12 reasons I listen to the podcast. Um, but uh, my question to you guys would be for a non-sports related discussion. Um, if you could change one thing about each of the sequel trilogy movies of Star Wars sequel trilogy, what would it be? If you change one thing from each one, what would it be? Uh, so yeah, thanks for taking my call, my questions. Um, like I said, if it's good, it might come on the pod. So uh, I doubt this will be on the pod. But um, yeah, I appreciate all you guys do and uh, keep up the good work. And uh, now that's what I call podcasting. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. yes. Well, that? Bye. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic, Matt. Mm. Thank you. I uh, made my day. Uh, you want to start with the Star Wars portion of his question? It's, uh, it's a tough Yeah, well, thanks, but... thanks a lot. Now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm <laughs> thinking about my real answer because it's hard to yeah. condense that so quick. Pin that down um, into one. Maybe just one uh, big wait, thing. Do you, you want to no, start with Star Wars or renaming that's... the conferences? He Travis said start with Star Wars. Okay. So let's just get into it. Um, Force Awakens, I'm going to... Oh man, you guys! If you guys have something, because I'm gonna be. This is pretty like 
generic and commonly spoken, but I wish Force Awakens would have dared to do something a little more like original because it was just kind of a carbon copy of A New Hope. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that that's my favorite of the sequels is number seven. So like, I feel like they got a lot right. And there's definitely a lot that was wrong with it as well, but more so because of the failure of eight and nine to follow up on what seven built. So my biggest critique of seven was that on its own, it really didn't do anything overly spectacular. Mine's pretty simple as as well, but even maybe more simple. Uh, they built up Finn to be like this epic, like stormtrooper turned Jedi hero. And in the end, the best moment Finn gave us was just a hug at the end of the movie. Um, he was, yeah, Trev wanted a kiss. <laughs> I, they kept showing, it was like a romantic scene where everyone was hugging and kissing, and I, for a minute, thought that Finn and uh, Poe no, were that's gonna... You're talking about Rise of Skywalker. I'm talking about all of them. He was kind of summoning it In all together. In general, oh, gotcha, gotcha. I just wanted okay. more from Finn, like... He had a really cool potential story, and nothing <laughs> really happened from it through all of it, I think. Um, for episode seven, I would change that uh, Kylo never used uses the Force to freeze anything. Because at the very beginning, mm. he freezes the blaster bolt in midair, which kind of established him as this like super powerful villain which at the time I thought was really cool. He also freezes Ray. She's trying to shoot him, and he, he just uses the Force to make her completely um, just frozen. She couldn't do anything except look scared. And then in their lightsaber battle, instead of just freezing people, he struggles against Trav's favorite character, Finn, <laughs> and he loses straight up to Ray, who has never used a lightsaber before. <laughs> Uh, that really bothered me, and I don't care that he got shot because he was still standing, and I don't think that means he can't use the force to freeze people. So, just the consistency of his power levels was so frustrating to me. So I would change that. Um, I, I didn't. Mind I liked so much. it at the time, but then it just didn't make sense as the movie went on. I didn't mind so much that he could freeze people because I thought it was really cool. And as soon as he freezes the blaster bolt. Um, from Poe, I was like, oh, this dude is about to be the most epic villain. Uh, and then he just kind of turns out to be a whiny brat. And like yeah. when he's just raging around, like it's not terrifying. I'm sure if you're a stormtrooper walking through the corridor while he's doing that, it'd be terrifying. But when you're sitting there in the audience watching, you're just like, oh, he's having a little meltdown. He's, <laughs> he's not a character that, uh, you know, strikes you with fear. And that's kind of what I wanted from him. But at the same time, that's just not exactly what they were going for. They wanted him to be some sort of troubled youth who hasn't quite found his way yet, uh, one way or the other. He's yet to fully embrace his destiny, which kind of leans into what Brandon was saying about if that's the case, then he shouldn't be so overly powerful with the Force. Uh, And if he is that powerful, yeah, he should probably be able to win a lightsaber fight against two completely untrained, you know, (laughs) at the time, nobodies. (laughs) So, yeah, I'd say it's a spot-on analysis, Bran. Episode 8, uh, <laughs> I would just change one simple thing. 
that The Last Jedi would not exist. <laughs> and then episode nine. It's just moving on. <laughs> uh, episode nine, I would, there's a lot, a lot I would change. Um, there's too many things that I would change in episode nine as well. But I think the main thing is really controversial. I think it would have been a actually more compelling story if Ray had accidentally killed Chewie. That was going to be mine. Mm. Um, it'd be super sad, but it would actually add some struggle to her story. We would understand why she might struggle with the dark side if she accidentally killed like a hero because of her inability to control her power. That would be really interesting to me. I think the mm-hmm. average Star Wars fan would be like, are you crazy? Do not touch Chewie. Give him his medal. Um, <laughs> I think that that would have been an incredible story to add to Ray's uninteresting character, in my opinion. And uh, I, that's maybe the one thing I'd change. But honestly, it's right up there for me with eight that it could not exist because it's so bad. Yeah, maybe I'm a little on the, the darker side because my critique for – well, you – you already said already said that uh, for nine Chewie should have died, and for eight, I thought <laughs> Finn should have died. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes, Rose, all, Rose should all. not have saved stopped Finn from saving. That could everyone. have saved that movie for me. I was thinking in the theater as he's going to stop the laser. I was like, oh, I'm actually starting to get invested in this for like the first time. And then <laughs> she comes out of freaking nowhere. And then kisses him out of nowhere. The whole, oh, I was so frustrated. If that Finn whole had sacrificed himself, that would have been a real, real strong point. Sad, emotional, bad. Even like we would be, we'd be angry that such a promising character died. Sometimes good characters die. Darth Maul looking at you, although he didn't really die, I guess. But I didn't really get to enjoy him. Um, I'll, My favorite uh, Jedi, Qui Gon. He was he died. There, there's same a real emotional connection sometimes with characters that their time comes too soon, and then we wouldn't have to watch him do absolutely nothing in Episode Nine. So true, Cody. That was my Episode Eight as well. So like minded. I'll take a different one then, uh, okay. because Leia's on the bridge of the ship, and then Kylo should have been the one to take the shot, but. I get kind of why they didn't because they wanted him to not like go too far down the path of darkness that might have just kind of sealed him off. But Leia's floating around into space. It's the perfect time to send her off. But no, she (laughs) Mary Poppins her way back into the ship through the open, like gaping hole in the ship with no airlock. And everyone is magically not sucked into space. (laughs) And she's just alive. By the way, she's got the force now. Um, and like at in nine, they retcon it and show how Luke actually trained Leia. And if you watch six, Luke is talking about how Leia has the force and that in, in due time, she may learn to be a Jedi too. I'm totally fine with her. Like over time, learning to be a Jedi being trained by Luke. I think that's a cool idea, but we never get to see it. (laughs) And all of a sudden she just has it. Like that's the whole thing about putting characters in situations where it looks like they're going to die and then constantly like just pulling them right back out. It just makes you feel like there's really no stakes in anything. Um, so we got one in Han Solo and that was, that was really sad that we saw that happen. Uh, but man, 
all of episode eight and then nine two with Chewie was like, oh, you think this character's gonna character's gonna die? Nope. Think this character's <laughs> gonna die? Nope. It was this whole what, um, what character died in Han Solo that you were sad about? Not in Han Solo. In seven, Han Solo dies. Oh, gotcha. Spoiler. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything. Those movies suck. <laughs> if you haven't seen it already, I just I just spared you. Don't see it. Watch this. Look at the Spark Notes. You'll be happier that way. I've got give the a- uh, the penultimate spoiler. Literally the last scene of uh, nine, um, where Ray says her name is Ray Skywalker. I would have loved it if she said Palpatine. Oh, yeah. me too. Like, say I know you can choose who you want to be. Well, you can't change who you are, but you can choose who you are. Like, own that you're a Palpatine and change it. Be better yeah. for it. I thought that was kind of the point of the story. And then yeah. they just completely backed off of it. <laughs> and I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm a Skywalker. <laughs> I, I just love the memes that are like, Ray who? And he's like, Ray Ray Binks. <laughs> or just like, <laughs> just throwing out just absolutely ridiculous names for her to take on. Uh. For time's sake, let's let's go to Matt's second question with uh, should we rename the uh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> conferences? <laughs> we saw this whole episode is about the Big Ten and previewing it, so we got a lot to talk about. But Matt, that was a fantastic question. Thank you. Uh, I actually like the second question a lot because I was thinking about it as well, and my answer is yes. I think they should change the names. Um, I I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to say, but the, I would be open to dropping the numbers at the very least. But you can't just go with the big yeah. conference. Well, why not? That's true. You could, I guess. What about the Big North? I like that. But then I think that USC. <laughs> doesn't matter. I mean, we also got Nebraska. So um, I don't know. I I kind of understand dropping the numbers. I definitely understand dropping the numbers. It doesn't make any well, sense like, at this point. The Pac-12 used to be the Pac-10. Um, right. So they've changed the names before to change with the numbers. My problem is that I like clinging to that last sense of tradition that we have. And the Big Ten itself is iconic. So I don't want to lose that last little shred of what it used to be. But tradition is just going out the window in college football. None of that really matters anymore. It's all about the money. And so that doesn't mean that I like the decision, but we really might be trending towards a time to change the conference name. And I would totally understand why we would. Brian, I think you won me over. Uh, the big conference, <laughs> the big simple, and, and we're it, big, and it keeps the the name. Like you got the history of the the Big Ten still it within the name. I like it, right. but the, you just call it the big, the big conference. I don't yeah. like. Uh, uh, if you Pacific if you absolutely have conference. to change it, I could definitely see um, Empire or like Rebellion. <laughs> But I don't know which would be which. Hmm. Or it could be Empire Republic. They're, that way they're both bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, man, this is set up to... The SEC is, doesn't have to change anything. They were smart. They got ahead of the game. ACC. That's why I'm saying Big North. I I like it. I came up with that like five seconds ago, and I was like, <laughs> once I said it, I said, yeah, it's a winner. I'm sticking with that. 
Um, let's put some it more thought to the, that, maybe. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll think about it. I want to see all our listeners' votes on that. Ooh, see what uh, they like, and also if they get any alternatives. Yeah, we let's, need some uh, more ideas. Let's post that question. Uh, we'll ask our listeners if they if we were to change the name of the conferences. What are some good options? I bet yeah. you we could get some good ones. Throw that up on Spotify because we always get a ton of interactions on our, our votes for oh, Spotify, yeah. uh, but also on the Facebook page. Um, all righty. Uh, you guys good for the next next call? Let's do it. Well, just uh, in, in regards to Matt's comment about Sarcasta brand. Um, oh, yeah. For those who <laughs> actually listened to the last pod all the way through, that was not Sarcasta brand. I'm 100% pro-Cade. And I, I'm uh, going to beat that drum until Cade leads us back to the promised land. The only quarterback to do that for years. I don't know why we would even consider a replacement when he's brought us to, to glory. So, um, I don't know why he brought up sarcastic brand. To be honest, I'm a little offended. But either way, I'm excited to talk about the Big Ten and defending Big Ten conference champions in Michigan with their starting quarterback, Cade McNamara. Well, Bran, we're going to see how well that ages with this next call. <laughs> <laughs> so here's our next call from Tool Time Thomas. This is at Tool Time Thomas checking in from Columbus, Ohio, greatest city on earth. Take two. First message cut out, so I'm just going to go a lot faster to it. I looked at the title of this pod, QB Battles. Hadn't listened to it yet. Going to talk about it. Came back for Michigan. And I'm trying to come at this perspective, not as a Buckeye or next Michigan or what I want or what I don't want. I'm trying to look at a purely analytical, unbiased point of view. Kate McNamara has to be the guy. He went 12-1 and last year. He won the Big Ten. He beat Ohio State. He went to the playoffs. No quarterback had ever done that. I don't think any quarterback could beat Ohio State won the Big Ten in, what, 20 years, 25 years? So, Cade is the guy. And not just because his team won, but he was efficient. He's an efficient quarterback, and he also affected his team with good leadership and also raised everyone else's level of play. I also think Harbaugh didn't give him much of a chance. Look at the game against MSU when he actually did get a chance to throw. To be fair, their pass defense sucks. But still... <laughs> Well, he's only given 15 passes at the game. You can only do so much. I think Kate is clearly the guy. I think Michigan fans have googly eyes on J.J. at the moment. That does not mean that J.J. is not what he's hyped up to be. But at the same time, looking back at the film from this last year, I haven't seen anything that has proven to me that J.J. is. All right? A lot of his throws, good throws, nothing special. Maybe just that one Hail Mary throw across the field against Western Michigan in the opener, you know? Go to the MSU game. In critical moments he was in, he fumbled away twice. I don't care what Brandon says. That second fumble was on J.J. McCarthy. He's the quarterback. The running back has to be in sync with him. The running back has to know what's going on. Starts with the QB. J.J. fumbled that ball. I think Harbaugh said it was Forms ball to protect him. I think Michigan fans don't want to hurt their darling, and they also don't want to upset where he is not what he's made out to be or he transfers. And I think Michigan fans got to get over that. Ohio State has five stars transfer all the time because they don't pan out. I'm not saying that J.J. isn't going to pan out. He's, he's a good quarterback. But Chase, the guy. you got to roll with the guy who's doing it. The, the best situation exists in your program over 20 years ago. Tom Brady, Drew Henson. All right? I'm not comparing Kate McNair to Tom Brady as an NFL quarterback, but I am comparing him to when he was a Michigan quarterback. Drew Henson was a five-star 
for all, all the stuff that also pro baseball player, whatever. And everyone's like, oh, you got to play this talented recruit, this, this, and that. Well, guess what? It didn't work out well, and you just ended up putting Tom Brady back in. The band was having a great season and win the Orange Bowl. And here's the thing. Transfer portal didn't happen back then. What happens this time when you put J.J. in, Kate Lee, and J.J. flames out, and he doesn't actually what you thought he would be? You don't have Kate to rely back on. I'm sorry. You start Kate McNamara, and you take your chance with J.J. Either he starts and wins. He still ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I was take two, and I was like, he's not slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> he told me uh, when he left that, he said, hey, forget the first message. I ran out of time. Skip that one and just do the second one. Um, I hadn't listened to the second one. I just took his word for it. And he said, I got the last word in right at the last minute. <laughs> uh, close, probably. <laughs> Uh, Bran, really curious about what you have to say after uh, what you just said before that call. <laughs> 100% agree. Gotta be Cade. He's efficient. He doesn't make mistakes. When he does, it's not his fault. JJ, who cares about ceiling? We just want to win the conference. We can't compete against Georgia. We don't recruit well enough to play against Bama. We 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 did it with Cade. Although one thing I will say <laughs> is that Tool Time Thomas and I do have a bet running that watching while we were watching the Georgia game, I get a text from Cody saying JJ's got to be the guy next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little shocking to hear that take. Uh, and uh, I said, I agree. However, it's going to be Cade. And he said, you want to bet. So we we have a Chipotle burrito bet that if, if Cade takes the first snap of the season, I win. And if JJ takes the first snap of the season, Cody wins. Uh, so he's kind of come around when he was watching Cade struggle against that ferocious Georgia D he was thinking we got to do something else so opinions change we'll see I think the Henson Brady one's a pretty terrible comparison um seeing how Brady started every single game and Henson came in um you know sparingly Brady was the MVP they won the Orange Bowl and beat Bama they weren't benching Brady they were just they had just like JJ has a package, they had packages for Henson. Um, that's a pretty, it's a it's a very different situation when the team captain, starter, team MVP, leads Michigan to a top five AP finish, uh, than than what we've got this year. Uh, I'm trying to actually find the the actual text, but it's a little farther back, but. Uh, well, while well, you look for that, maybe, um, J- I disagreed with about everything Tool Time Thomas said there. <laughs> uh, because there are some things I get, and I actually agree that I think that's why Cade is going to end up starting this year, is because Harbaugh wants to win the same way he won last year. He's got a strong offensive line, good running backs. I don't think he has a bulldozer like Haskins, and so I, and 
you've got weapons that you should use a wide receiver. Um, so I, I do think that's foolish. But if that's the case and he wants to win the exact same way they did last year, Cade makes sense to be the quarterback then because you don't want someone slinging the ball. Um, but to every onlooker, I read an SI article today that said, with J.J. at the helm, Michigan has an opportunity to be a top 10 offense. Um, with Cade at the helm, they're pro- <laughs> they can win. So I get it. I get both arguments, but... You can't deny the skill that JJ has, and one thing Tool Time said was uh, he didn't see anything from JJ last year, and I'm thinking everything I saw from JJ last year was really good. Yes, the throw against Western Michigan, but that's not a throw Cade would do. The Georgia game where JJ oh was gosh. a star, uh, every touchdown I- to Andrell Anthony. Was Can I interrupt pretty much you when JJ? You, you mentioned yeah. Georgia. I've heard so many people say you can't take anything from the Georgia game because JJ was playing against the third string. I'm sorry. Do you not remember JJ escaping a sack from number one overall pick Trevon Walker and then ru- scrambling for a first down, something Cade would never have the ability to do? Do you remember him running for a first down and getting lit up by first-round pick Quay Walker? I remember him getting tackled by N'Kobe Dean. He throws a touchdown. Uh, I mean, these are plays happening. There was one that should have been a touchdown. Roman Wilson dropped it. That was on the ones. Like, he moved the offense against one of the best defenses we've seen in college football. Obviously, they shut down Cade. They, they shut down everybody. J.J. came in and provided a spark. Imagine what he can do against mediocre teams. That was an excellent defense. I wouldn't be surprised if as good as he was, if he was worse than Cade, because how can you expect someone to come in and just play well against a team that's killing you? I know that the the game was out of hand. Georgia was like, they were a team on a mission. That's why I was expecting a loss because the way they needed to get back in revenge against Bama, they, they had, they wanted it. 10 times more than Michigan did. Michigan was happy to be there. Georgia, that was a business trip. So miss me with the that doesn't count crap because <laughs> that was we got he was back. the best player on the field. <laughs> However, Cade McNamara. Oh, dang it. Look what you I'm did. I'm sorry. Look what you I'm did. Sorry. Would have been a perfectly fine quarterback if his offensive line had held up at all. They were not prepared for the physicality of the Georgia front seven. Um, a similar quarterback to Cade, Stetson Bennett, another guy that people would compare Cade to, a game manager. His stats are pretty underwhelming. Well, his team won a national championship <laughs> because he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He also didn't make a lot of plays. The one thing I will say for Stetson Bennett, going off of my sarcastic brand podium, Stetson Bennett is actually good at escaping the pocket. He's pretty mobile. Um, Cade doesn't quite have that, but he is very good in the pocket. His pocket awareness is elite. I'll say that for Cade. Uh, so I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just have to, I'm so tired <laughs> of people saying that the Georgia game is not a good proof for JJ because to me, that's one of the most impressive things any quarterback could do is stand in the pocket, deliver darts, and be the best player as a true freshman for your playoff Michigan Wolverines. Speaking of things that we're tired of hearing, forgive me because I'm not a quarterback, 
I am not a head coach. I am not a running back. But if the play is a handoff, and the coach says it's a handoff. And the offensive line the, is blocking for a handoff. The, the offensive line is blocking for a handoff. And the quarterback hands, hands you the ball. Hands it off. <laughs> how, how is that the quarterback's fault that you don't pick that up? Is he supposed to not try and dump it into his arms? I'm, I don't know. I just It doesn't fit narratives. That's why people have blamed JJ for that so much. It really doesn't. They want to say that... JJ is just undisciplined and that's all he is. And because of that, he's not ready. Is JJ so, undisciplined? He may be a little bit undisciplined. He has that helter skelter play style that is really exciting and makes coaches get gray hairs. But that ceiling is so incredibly high. Uh, before I talk about that, also, the second fumble fumbled it out of bounds. There's a lost play, anyways. Okay, not as big a deal as people make it out to be. But his ceiling is so incredibly high, I feel like you can't ask people who aren't Michigan fans to try and be unbiased about their take about this. Because when you ask somebody like that what their evaluation of what Michigan could hope for, they essentially see last season as the best we could ever do. You know, you ask an Ohio State fan, yeah, they beat Ohio State. They climbed the mountaintop. They won the Big Ten. And for us, that was fantastic. We loved every second of it. Um you know, don't go back to the pods where I was jumping off the Harbaugh bandwagon. <laughs> Once we had beaten Ohio State and won the big, I was over the moon. But we also have our eyes set on even higher prizes. We want to win a natty. Yep. We have the talent that can put us in that conversation. I'll just be frank. I just want to win the Big Ten again. And doing that, I don't think we're going to do it with just Cade this year because we got to go to the horseshoe. And Oof. we've got some – that's going to be – that's going to be tough. I want the best quarterback possible. That's a legitimate argument, too, because our defensive line is not what it's going to be this last year. We escaped a lot of really close games that we will not be able to escape nearly as easily this year because we're not going to be able to put the pressure on teams that we were able to put on them last year. We're going to have to be able to score more points and move the ball. And we have the tools. We have the defense. Uh, not the defense, sorry. We have uh, a really stacked wide receiver room. Uh, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards are going to thrash some defenses on the ground. And our offensive line looks fantastic. But our defense so is not I, quite what it's going to be. Brandon, I don't want to hear your your take for Cade right now. No, I if found we the receipts. Compete... What? Oh, he found the receipts. I, oh, okay, okay, yeah, go ahead. So these these are our texts uh, between myself and Tool Time Thomas at, at the end of the Georgia game. This is what Cody says. Cade officially done. McCarthy, now the guy going forward. I respond, bro, you would think that, but Michigan's going to Michigan. He responds, this game showed it. In the Big Ten, Cade was able to navigate his way, and his defense came through in games like OSU and Penn State. He didn't have to win, just manage. He can't be more. I guarantee McCarthy starts next year. Harbaugh ain't going to risk his five-star transferring. (laughs) And then I responded with a gif of Anakin yelling, liar. And then he responded, Chipotle bet. McCarthy starts week one. And I said, bet. I can't lose. <laughs> so seems like Tool Times had, had a change of heart. That's um, a total flip. <laughs> and you know what? I can't lose because if JJ starts, I'll be, I'll be thrilled. And if, Defending Big Ten champion Cade McNamara starts. 
well, here we come to Indy again, boys. So, uh, good things coming. Uh, there, there was a lot to respond to there, but I think both quarterbacks would be a really good quarterback anywhere. Uh, all joking aside, I think Kate is a really good quarterback, but sometimes you got to make way for, for greatness. The one thing that Tool Time had said to me over this past week was that Michigan fans seem to overlook the idea that Cade could grow from beyond this past year. And so to his credit, I do think that there we do have a tendency to just be so enamored with JJ that we don't allow ourselves to see any upside with Cade. And like you said, Cade is a good quarterback. And we do love Cade. Mm-hmm. And so love there's Cade. there's part of me that really loves when, not sarcastic brand, but the true Brandon comes out and says, Cade's my guy, and I'm going to rep him 100%. Because, you know, that's that's what we ought to be. It's it's just really difficult when you got that Camaro sitting in the garage and you just want to bust it out. But we do love Cade. We do have to remind our viewers oh, that we man. do love Cade. <laughs> and uh, I got something for you guys. The, that Camaro analogy. We do want him Tool to succeed. Time, Tool Time made the same analogy. He compared JJ to a Corvette, and he said that Cade McNamara is a uh, what did he say? I think it's he called it a was it a Honda Accord? I can't remember what he said. <laughs> Whatever the most reliable vehicle in his opinion was is what he said that Cade was. And then I said, of all people, an Ohio State fan should understand like you guys had JT Barrett, who was very reliable. He won a lot of Big Ten championships, but you wanted better. You wanted the guy that was going to actually be able to throw the ball deep. You wanted uh, Cardell Jones. You wanted uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, uh, Justin Fields. And he said that, um, what's his face? JT Barrett was like a 1970 like beater. Like He basically said he's trash. <laughs> JT Barrett is way better than Cade McNamara, right? I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely better. He said 1970s station wagon is JT Barrett. And uh, Cade is a, 19, he's a 2019 Honda Civic. <laughs> that's, a, that's another part where I felt like uh, his bias might have been showing a little bit. Talking about, yeah, Ohio State you know, they lose five stars all the time. Well, that's Ohio State. You guys wipe your butts with five stars. We don't get five-star quarterbacks like that. You guys had Joe Burrow, who was a third string, who transferred away and became the best college football quarterback ever. So don't, so don't talk to me about, yeah, it's okay. You can lose, you know, all these prolific athletes. No, They still can't. blame him, by the way. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that because that's just idiotic. <laughs> Uh, he got an Ohio State degree code. <laughs> Said we're not going to talk about it, Brad. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> We've kind of talked about this long enough. Yeah, we. Uh, part of what we wanted to do with the Big Ten preview this episode was pick some uh, stocks to pretty much sell or, or keep. People who are on the rise, teams who are on the rise, people who are... Falling off a cliff. Um, so we each picked two. 
um, of teams or people of stock that we think is going up or down. Um, it could be teams, conferences, players, coaches. Brand, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so I have a team, but I want to mention like a couple different aspects of it, so I'm kind of cheating. But I am buying Michigan stock. A lot of people are under the impression that there's going to be a huge regression, especially on the defense, because of the loss of Hutchinson and Ojabo. If you look at the the team sack totals over the, the Harbaugh era, last year was actually quite low. Uh, years past, they have had much higher sack totals. Hmm. So even though I don't know that they're going to have guys getting double-digit sacks, I think they're probably going to have a handful of guys getting seven or eight sacks. And uh, I think the defense is going to be really good again. I Cody made a good point that the defense did change some games. I think of Penn State. I think of Ohio State. How they were able to just hound the quarterback. I don't necessarily think that that will be the case. But I think the defense will be solid to really good. And uh, for that reason, I am buying Michigan stock. I think the offense is going to be really good regardless of who the quarterback is. And one player that I am very high on, this is going to shock Travis and maybe make him a, uh, I think it's going to encourage him a little bit. I'm buying Blake Corum stock. Oh, I like it. When we, uh, when we did the spring game draft, I had the first pick. I drafted Donovan Edwards, which is I'm still not convinced it was a bad pick because I think he might be the best pass-catching running back in the, the nation. Blake Corum has put on 10 pounds this offseason. Putting him in the exact same type of range of height and weight as Mike Hart, his running backs coach. Probably Trav and I's favorite Michigan running back. He ran angry but elusive he was hard to he was slippery he was hard to get a handle on if you did he was going to bowl you over I think that Blake Corum is going to be much more of a bowling ball this year than last year he was just more of a speed back with 10 Mm. pounds of muscle on a small frame I think he's 5'8 yeah he's not he is going he is going to be very difficult for opposing defenses I think that's huge to replace Hassan Haskins to have a, a big muscle hamster in there. So I'm Brent, uh, buying at- Michigan, Blake Corum, def- Michigan defense stock. Question off of that, who do you think has the better Michigan career over their career? Corum or Edwards? Nah, don't do me like that. <laughs> <sighs> because I think I'm guessing Corum will go to the NFL after this year, making – Edwards, the far and away number one option with no one even close next year. So there's a chance that Edwards could just have Heisman-type numbers uh, next year, not this year. You're the second podcaster, Michigan podcaster, to say exactly that um, that I've listened to. I listen to the Michigan Insider pod, and they're breaking down each position group for Michigan Mm -hmm. every podcast. And in their running backs episode, Mm -hmm. they – the guy literally said that. He said next year Edwards could have a Heisman type year. So I think he's got the talent. Um, he's got he's faster than Corum, not necessarily quicker, but he's top end speed faster. He's a better receiver. 
and he's he's got a bigger frame, so he technically could pack on a little bit more more weight than Corum could. <sighs> if I had to pick who's going to have the better career, man. <laughs> well, that's it's answer enough, I think. Yeah, that, because uh, if Corum doesn't go to the them. NFL and he has like a four-year career, I think that he it's probably him. But if he's gone and Edwards is the only one, I think I'd have to pick Edwards. But it's tough. That's I love fair. them both a lot. I think they're going to be fantastic. I think it's the best one-two punch in the country. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Code, you got your stock? Yeah, I do. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I probably deserve to take a little bit of heat for statements I made on the last pod where I claimed that I would rather take Tanner Morgan as my quarterback than Cade McNamara. <laughs> uh, no, own it, Code. I am owning oh, it, good. which is why I am buying all the stock in Tanner Morgan to yes. have a huge resurgence this year, strictly based off of the fact that Mo Ibrahim is back. I wondered if he was going to bring up. everyone and their moms is sleeping on Mo Ibrahim, even though everybody will say, yeah, Mo Ibrahim is great. He is... He's a prolific athlete. Um, but you forget just how he amazing he was before he blew his ACL. Um, but reports are saying that he's looking great. And if he's even able to be a shadow of what he was uh, back when he was healthy, he was easily a top three back in the Big Ten. Um, possibly even top two. And that's a pretty, top t pretty hot take right there, uh, considering you got Kenny Walker and also Hassan Haskins in that same conference. So, you bring him back into the equation, that takes off so much pressure on Morgan's shoulders. Uh, I think we were saying they were down to what, like their sixth string running back last year? They are down to their sixth string everything at one point. Yeah, and so <laughs> that, not just their offense, their entire everything was so depleted. That was a bad year. A bad year for the Golden Gophers. And everybody just seemed to forget what this team, this coach, and this quarterback are truly capable of. And so that's why I think this year, the Gophers, they might not win their division, but I do think that we're looking at uh, probably an eight-win season for the Golden Gophers, and I think people are going to remember what they are capable of, and they're going to be able to build on that for the years to come. And that is really going to come down to some really consistent and uh, reliable play from Tanner Morgan. Also, they they have the same offensive coordinator back. Kirk Soraka was the offensive coordinator in 2019. He did such a good job. He got hired by Penn State, but that didn't work out. So now he's back. So that's that's a match made in heaven because that was the offense that led Minnesota to the top 10 uh, AP poll finish. So they're they're reunited and it's feeling so good. And I forgot to mention their defense is looking like it's going to be pretty solid this year as well. And uh, for real, yeah, that that helps a lot as well. Um, that's a big part of the equation. A good defense and a really strong run game that makes a quarterback's job so much easier, which is pretty much the foundation of my argument of why anybody, including Tanner Morgan, could have done Cade McNamara's job. So I'm buying all the stock in Tanner Morgan. I am selling my stock in Penn State, and this is due mainly just because of the strength of their schedule. They're starting off the game on the road against Purdue. 
I think a lot of people are just kind of saying, yeah, Penn State can win that game. And they can win that game. I can't but wait. I, I can't wait to watch that game. And I think Purdue might take that from them. Uh, they also game. have... They, yeah, exactly. A night game on the road against Purdue. That's going to be fantastic television. Great way to start off the season. But then they also have a road matchup against Auburn. And then they also have to play Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan. Probably the most challenging schedule in the Big Ten. Uh, and I potentially have them losing all of those games. Um, so, yeah, the over, I mean, we're going to talk about the over-unders for these teams. I have Penn State going under, and we'll talk more about that as we get to it. But Penn State's going to struggle. They lost Noah Kane transferring to LSU. They no longer have Jahan Dotson. So their wide receiver core should be fine. Uh, but losing Dotson definitely hurts. And their defense only has four starters returning. Secondary should still be uh, fairly decent, but I don't think that they're going to be able to get much pressure on uh, the opposing uh, passing game. And I think that's going to, I don't think they're going to have the firepower to really outmuscle a lot of these teams week in and week out. So I just don't see them being this eight, nine win team that a lot of people think they're going to be. So I'm selling my stock in Penn State. Of all the things we could uh, buy and sell, you and I would pick the same one. Did you really pick Penn State? I'm for sure am picking Penn State. But uh, so you covered it perfectly. Uh, I'm okay. selling Penn State hardcore this year. I, I tried but, so hard to pick something <laughs> that I didn't think you guys would pick. I was like, yeah, nobody's. They're not going to talk about Penn State. But I'll, I'll go. You talked about this a little bit as well. First game of the year against the Boilermakers. I'm buying the Boilermakers hardcore this year. I think the Boilermakers are going 7-0 and into Wisconsin. The Boilermakers are going to beat Penn State first game of the year. Then they got Indiana State, Syracuse, FAU wins. I have a quick question. Then they march into Minnesota, and Aiden O'Connell shows Tanner Morgan what being a Big Ten quarterback is all about. Yep. Whoops up on Minnesota. I probably have Purdue winning as well, but I think that should be a great game. <laughs> I actually think that is going to be a really fun game as well. Quick question. Uh, yeah. Uh, are they the, the Boilermakers? Boilermakers. I really like the, the Chicago stank <laughs> you've been putting on that. The Boilermakers. They deserve all the stank because... Give them the stank. <laughs> the Boilermakers are going to be marching to Indianapolis this year. Woo! I, think oh, I, I like it. I mean, it's spicy, but I like it. <laughs> I think this is the year. Uh, I mean, they've got to get past Wisconsin, Minnesota. I I thought about buying Nebraska, actually, too. Um, not not necessarily this much buying, but, I mean, they won three games last year. It's an easy buy to have them go win six games, maybe. But uh, they got to get past Iowa, Wisconsin, and I think they can. So... Uh, yeah, buying, buying the Boilermakers. I like that take so much, primarily because Iowa makes me so mad. And I know that's going <laughs> to hurt Brandon's feelings. I know it's going to hurt Brandon's feelings. You're just happy that you see hope that they might not Yeah, win. because they don't deserve to be division winners. We got, we're returning Spencer Petrus to the starting quarterback job. <laughs> it's going to be a punt off nearly every game, like, there's no reason why Iowa should be better this year than they're going to be last year. I'm sorry. And yet, is football only about offense? Does special teams not matter? <laughs> Does defense not matter? 
de- okay, those things matter, but it's boring. It's of the game. And it makes me angry that yeah, that's all you have going for you, and that gets you uh, uh, um, winners of the division. Put them in the East, they're losing three, four games. Does that not talk frustrate about you? Hypotheticals all all day long. <laughs> the Iowa Hawkeyes Shut are up. here. They will not be ignored. You've been warned. The Hawkeyes are coming. All right. So if we move on to picking our alternate teams, can we just say Brandon has to take the Hawkeyes Brandon by default? Brandon is stuck with the Hawkeyes automatically. Well, that's a little unfair because. <laughs> oh, is it unfair? Oh. oh. <laughs> Because I did the 100-yard dash random generator to figure out who we'd draft first, and I won. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Did anyone see this besides Brandon? Quite convenient. Mm-mm. I have it pulled up. Oh. I'll show you. Look. Yeah, let's. I want to see the race. We'll give a – I can't see that at all. You have to tilt it down forward. Can right. you do the replay for us? Oh, Travis got second and third. How did I get fourth and fifth? <laughs> It it made me put six. It was the lowest number I could be, so I gave everyone two avatars. What in the <laughs> frick, bro? I really thought Trav was going to win, and my guy just took off at the end. So, I what, think it's a did both of my guys poof their pants at the 10? <laughs> like the first 10? Well, let's hear your pick, and then yeah. Cody and I will decide if you're stuck with Iowa. <laughs> Wait, I had, I had more uh, stocks. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> Give us your I stock. I think I already know Brandon's pick now. Um, not because of what he said, but I also really want to steal it from him. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Do you want me to show, pick my team or my stock? Let's hear the stocks. Then Let's we'll hear jump, your stock. We'll, we'll get back into it. All right. So I was very positive on Michigan, which would make you think that I would pick Michigan to repeat this year. The other stock that I am buying is Ohio State. Ohio State is going to be really good this year. Um, if you follow such things, returning production is usually a stat that Ohio State is almost always dead last in because they're usually cycling out players that are going to the, the draft, um, you know, transfers here and there, but mostly guys that have gone early rounds. Ohio State leads the Big Ten in returning production. They also played Good. the bunch of losers. <laughs> the largest amount of underclassmen. So pretty much most of their offensive and defensive lines are built around young five star talent. Hmm. Now it's possible, it's entirely possible that these guys don't figure it out. I've got a sneaking suspicion that they're gonna figure it out. They might not return to the level of defense we have seen from Ohio State, but they're not gonna be the turnstiles we saw last year. So the defense will be better if only marginally, you know, that's like at minimum, it'll be a little better um, because of the guys returning. If you've got a a handful of five stars that all have experience, they played as freshmen, I expect that they will improve. Offensively, they were the best in the nation last year. They're probably going to be the best in the nation again this year. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's their number two receiver. I could definitely see him being one of the best receivers in the nation uh the annual freaks list came out from bruce feldman he was number two i think behind michigan defensive lineman mozzie smith but uh he's six three uh 206 pounds and he can run 23 miles an hour so (laughs) 
that's uh that's disheartening Decent. to say the least. And then of course Jackson Smith and, and Jigba is probably the best receiver in the country. Balls being thrown by my opinion the best quarterback in the country, running back one of the best in the country. You could keep going on and on. Ohio State's going to be very then good don't. this year. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is about ready to implode over here. We talked about I, this like two episodes ago, Bran. I don't see Ohio State having an Oregon-type oh, meltdown this year where they lose to a team they shouldn't. Um, I'll leave it for the – if we ever do predictions, I have very specific predictions for Michigan and Ohio State this year that would lead to a pretty interesting scenario. But Ohio State, I do think, will improve. And I've, I've – I have a bet out there for them to go over their win total, so I'll just say that. Um, well, to, now to we know why quickly. Brandon didn't want uh, Iowa forced on him for his alternate team. Because his alternate team is the Buckeyes. <laughs> that is 100% false. I hate them. I don't know. The You've been praising them a whole freaking lot on this podcast lately. Uh, <laughs> I'm just messing hey. with you, Brand. Uh, that was a good analysis. But yeah. I got to give you some hate because Travis is sitting right next to me, <laughs> and this is his favorite uh, time of the pod when we we give Ohio their dues. So <laughs> probably good that you uh, that you put that out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's move along and go ahead and pick our alternate teams. So, Brand, right. since I you say uh, really quick, no I have a spicy. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> fine. What what do you want to say? My two negative stocks. Number one, we get to hate from this. Michigan State is not going to repeat their double-digit wins. I think that they are at best an eight to nine win team this year. Even if they could be a better team, a more well-rounded team than last year, I expect them to be in that eight to nine uh, total or win total. So that's a step back from their eleven wins last year. I know Sparty fans are going to be upset. You know, Tuck coming, blah blah. They're going to take a step back. That's my prediction. And Wisconsin, stock down on Wisconsin, uh, because Cody had mentioned a little bit some of the the West teams with Minnesota. Travis mentioned Purdue and Nebraska. Um, We also talked about Iowa. Wisconsin has made the Big Ten championship game almost every other year since its inception. This will be the third straight year that they don't go to Indianapolis, which any year that they don't go is a bad year, so – Stock down on Wisconsin. I'm not sure it's going to be Purdue. I'm no. not sure it's going to be <laughs> Nebraska or even Iowa or Minnesota, but I think there's so many good teams that are in the mix. Most likely, I just don't see it being Wisconsin. So we can pick our teams. Are we going uh, to do our to... Uh, our over-unders? Because we've kind of been already hitting on that quite a bit. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. All right, give us your alternate team, Bran. Yeah, since you won the race. The people are dying to know. I always have Iowa in my heart, but I'm going to stick with my tried and true Minnesota Gophers. I can't can't shake them, and I had them last year. I'm going to take them again this year. Last year, we finished with nine wins and a bowl victory. This year, we're going double digits. It's going to be the year of the Gopher. I'm not sure I believe that yet. But I'm manifesting because <laughs> it. Um, it is a tough, a tough schedule for the Gophers, and uh, I just have to believe going Co- with the fighting PJ Flex. Code, how do you feel about that? I know uh, you're all in on Tanner Morgan this year. Are you okay? 
I'm I'm more upset because I thought I had Brandon pinned. I thought I knew exactly where he was gonna go. Who'd um, you think? Don't worry about it, Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah, I had two guesses and they were both wrong. I would never pick them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll I'll tell you more when it's my turn, but we gotta right. wait two more turns for that to happen. Apparently. <laughs> uh, with my first pick, you all know where it's going. I was feeling this team even before I remembered we were going to pick a secondary team. I was like, I think I'm a Purdue fan. Uh, I live in Indiana now. I'm obviously Michigan forever. But secondary teams go. Boiler up. I'm riding the uh, train led by, what's what's a train? Conductor, there you go. Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the train captain? Yeah. <laughs> train captain O'Connell. Uh I'm I'm riding with them all the way to uh, Indianapolis. So, Boiler are you guys up. serious? Do you actually want to pick two teams each? Well, I thought we were just picking one. That's what I, I thought, but then Cody said he had to wait two turns because his guy got fourth. No, <laughs> I was one turn and then the next turn. Okay. So I could have probably said it better. Because Trav said it was his first pick, so I thought he had it. He thought I was he had just a second. Pick I was teasing up. Cody. <laughs> If you guys, he raced so badly that you don't get to pick yet. Still, (laughs) if you guys pick four teams before I can get my one, I won't have anybody else I can genuinely cheer for. But if you'll allow me to, I will make my selection with the first and only pick in the alternate team draft for. Well, okay, not the first for my pick in the alternate (laughs) alternate team draft. I'm taking the Cornhuskers. Somebody had to take the Cornhuskers because I think at this point, after last season, they need to be America's team. This team finished (laughs) three and nine, but yet you never saw a team that you thought just had to win more games than they actually didn't. This team, I can't remember what the point differential was. It was like Um, six points. It was like, yeah, it's like six (laughs) points. (laughs) Like, they had six less points than the teams that they played like throughout the season. I need to double check what that actual stat is. It was ridiculous how many close games they lost. I literally saw a video today titled Nebraska, the best three and nine team ever. <laughs> and so your heart just has to go out for these guys. Uh, they're playing their hearts out. Um, you know, almost seems like a little bit of Detroit Lions syndrome a little bit. I kind of feel kindred spirits in the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Their mascot is a Cornhusker. You know, that's as American as it can get. It's like uh, in Superman when he's talking about, you know, I'm from Kansas. It's as American as it gets. It's Nebraska. These guys are just good old boys, and uh, they deserve better. And I think they're they're due for uh, uh, what? I found the point differential. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, please tell me. So Nebraska went one and eight in Big Ten play, and they had a point differential of zero. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is literally what it was. And then they lost all the other games by single digits. It's so improbable wow. that you actually have to think for a second. This <laughs> is like, how does that even work? <laughs> um, this stat yeah. here: Nebraska is the first team in college football history to lose nine games by single-digit margins in the same season. Wow. Yeah. So you have to think. Poor Scott Frost. You have to think that they're they're due for better times this coming season. 
But could you imagine if they weren't? <laughs> and if they followed up that season with just more heartbreak? I don't think I don't think their hearts could take it. I couldn't take it just as a secondary fan. I like that pick code because Nebraska is one of those teams where I kind of want them to be good again. Yeah. Except I don't like Scott Frost. And I actually don't like Scott Frost either. That's fair. But I like Nebraska a little yeah. bit. Mm. They should be good. They deserve I can, it. They have the history. I, yeah, I can overlook that for my desire just to see Nebraska go back to their uh, to the rightful place as being a contender. Cody, who did you have me pegged for? I thought you were going to take Nebraska. Okay. Actually. Well, well, I, I like mean, it. Minnesota makes total sense. Um, Iowa yeah. is going to be my team, too, in my heart, but unofficially, because officially <laughs> I'm the, the Gophers, but I got to cheer for my my Kirk Ferentz-led Iowa I, guys. I was actually happy the way that turned out, because I'm going to cheer for my Gophers anyways. Uh, Tanner Morgan's my GOAT. So, uh, so, yeah, that way I get to cheer for three teams, really. <laughs> yeah, that works out. We all, we all kind of have a soft spot for Minnesota. Uh, I don't think people have noticed. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to win totals over and under for every Big Ten team. I think we can go through this fairly quickly, but we're going to knock it out and uh, see if we agree with what Vegas says on the win totals. Now, remember, these lines change periodically. Uh, these totals I am pulling are from FanDuel. So if you see it out there, maybe uh, MGM has it different and whatnot. So FanDuel, we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Northwestern is set at three and a half wins. Do you think they'll go over or under that? Mm. (laughs) Mm. That's that's so low. So some winnable games on their schedule. They've got... South Illinois, it's not even the Salukis. Uh, Duke, who knows Duke? They're up and down. Miami of Ohio, uh, then I think they'll probably lose the rest. <laughs> yeah, there's three and a half. There's three there that, and Duke is Duke is terrible, but they could lose. So Duke. is Northwestern. They're like the same for their conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got him under. Yeah, I'm going to go under <laughs> as well, especially they got to play Cody's team of destiny first, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a big win for Nebraska. Get out the way. Yep. In Ireland. Is that game in Ireland? Yeah, in Dublin. That is awesome. They're also bringing in a new transfer quarterback in Tommy DeVito uh, from Syracuse. And he wasn't. Syracuse was gunslingers. He still wasn't great at Syracuse. <laughs> he so, was better, absolutely better than what they did last year, though. That's fair. But does that give – yeah, I'm under. What are you thinking, Bran? I'm really struggling. I think three wins I... is where they end up. Yeah. <clears throat> There's so many of those games that for other teams you would think, yeah, those are your like your cupcake games that are really seem like a coin toss – that I feel like three wins is a place I'm comfortable saying they'll they'll land at. I'll say this: I think that line is perfect. Um, three and a half is just if you look at the schedule, it's about right where it should be. I'm 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 not rushing to uh, 
to bet this total, but I'll, I'll take the over because if they're able to get the, that three that we said, the Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio, which is not a given, but if they could, they would have to get just one more throughout the rest of their schedule. Northwestern is good every other year. I'm not good. projecting them to be good, <laughs> good this point. year. But this is the – last year they were terrible. They're supposed to win the division this year. That's how it works. They won two out of the last three before last year of the of the conference. So I'll take the over and have zero confidence in it. <laughs> I like it, Brian. All right, let's keep it moving. Indiana, four wins. Uh, Indiana, if you remember, was projected to have a pretty good year last year before the season started, and then they were just terrible. <laughs> uh, do they continue to be terrible, or can they find some of that magic that people thought they had from the COVID year? Four uh, wins. Indiana I... did get one of uh, one of the better Big Ten recruits not going to Ohio State in Desan McCullough. Uh, he's a looks like he's going to be a killer linebacker. Um, that filled a big need for them, but that's only one linebacker. That's not going to change the course of a bad team. That's another really good line. I think that there are two wins that you could say you feel good about, and the rest you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who are you feeling good about? Idaho and Idaho and Western Kentucky. Hey, the Hilltoppers, they can sling it. I know they don't have Zappy anymore, but... Yeah, they lost the offensive coordinator and the quarterback, so I have a feeling that they'll take a sizable step back. Four is tough. I'm going to go ahead and take the under. Boy, that's pretty brutal. They have a transfer from Missouri at quarterback, Connor Basilak. So... I think quarterback play will be, be will be better this year. You think he beats Tuttle? Yeah. I'm going under as well for Indiana. Man. Just four games. That's a really I'll good just line. Keep the, <laughs> keep the same uh, trend going. You guys both take the under, I'll take the over. I All know right. that that's a bad strategy because somebody's <laughs> got to lose these games. <laughs> But it, like Travis said, Indiana was supposed to be good last year. Maybe this is an overreaction. Maybe they're going to have a bounce back year. Um, yeah, I'll take the over. Four games isn't that much. <laughs> Hopefully they can beat Illinois the first game. Otherwise, this is looking really bad. I just don't see who their fourth win is against. They may taking be getting your Nebraska Cornhuskers. It's yep. not going to happen. <laughs> so that's why I'm taking the under. It all hinges right there. They could and that's where I draw the line. I'll say that. Well, speaking they, of Rutgers, Nagism four. Rutgers is the next team on this list with four wins as well, and there's some wins you can see on the schedule right at the beginning of the schedule. But then they've got to pull up an upset to hit four. Woof. Hmm. I'm gonna go under on this. So I Rutgers, not, I think they're I don't beating think they're Wagner. Beat Boston College in the opener. That's what I was thinking, too. Boston College is a seven-point favorite right now. I'll go under on Rutgers 4. I'll go over, then. Man, call me a pessimist. They can't all be under, but (laughs) I have them at four wins. I I don't have them beating Boston College. They can beat Wagner. I'm beating Temple. Then they got Iowa, Ohio State, the Unstoppable Cornhuskers. Um, 
I think they can beat Indiana. That gives them three. They're losing to Indiana. Well, <laughs> that's my win for Indiana. I need it. All yeah. right. Well, they're not beating Minnesota, in my opinion, or Michigan, or Michigan State, or Penn State. And I think Maryland, ah, they're going to be about the same as they were last year, just considering their schedule. I'm t- I take it back. They're under. Yeah, I got to go under for him as well, looking at Ooh, the schedule. The sweep of the under. Yikes. Rutgers is going to make us regret this. I hope Rutgers so. Rutgers is returning to Butgers. All right. Sorry, guys. A team I'm very confused on how to pick them. Illinois at four and a half wins. Four and a half? Yeah, four and a half for Illinois. Interesting. So Illinois is a 10-point favorite in their home opener against Wyoming. What's your guys' pick against uh, Will with Illinois versus Indiana again? <laughs> that one is a total toss-up to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how I feel as well. IU is a five-point favorite in that game right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But then they got Chattanooga. That's a win. Uh, I have no clue about Virginia. Give me the under. Uh, one, I hate two, it because I, I believe in how this team is being built, and I think they have a really good running back. Ugh. Take the over, Bryn. Follow your heart. It's tough because I already picked the over for Indiana, and I so I need Illinois to lose that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's four and a half. That's a pretty big. I would get hooked there. I think they beat Wyoming. I think that they might lose to Virginia. Yeah, I think they lose to Virginia. They beat Chattanooga. Everything else, I, I see losses on the schedule. <laughs> so I'm going to go under. Sorry, Illini. I'm going to take the five. over. I'm going to cater ah. to our Illinois listenership, um, knowing we've got a few of them. So mm. shout out to you guys. Five wins for you in this season. Illinois finds a way to be in games they shouldn't be in. Uh, just ask Michigan. That's just happened so many State. times. <laughs> yeah, it happens. So I think Illinois f- stuns a few teams here. Here's uh, where I'm going to show my anti-Illinois fandom. Do you, uh, do you really see <laughs> them winning four straight to start the season and keeping that consistency? No. Because they're going to need it. After could, that fourth they game, they face Wisconsin, straight. then Iowa, and then, I mean, they'd have to steal a win against Minnesota then if uh, if they, they don't win Minnesota the fourth straight. last year, though. Yeah, I think they steal. I think they win three of their first four. Did you not hear me? The Gophers are returning to the promised land. They're not beating Minnesota. <laughs> 100%. They're I, not beating the Cornhuskers. I'm giving their, their opponents Shut one up, game out of the first four. <laughs> so I think Illinois goes three and one, and then they steal a game within the season, and then they beat Northwestern to end the year. And that gets them to what? Five. Five. <laughs> I'll stick with my under because like, <laughs> that's a tough five. I can't believe totally them five. going two and two to open their first four. That's what I see as well. All right, things are looking up. I can here. give them three and one, but then they gotta get one really tough victory, and then they gotta beat Northwestern, which gonna, I could give them. Northwestern. We're gonna move on. <laughs> I didn't even give my pick. Oh, but he's for on the, the under s- with me. I've, yeah, <laughs> we're spending too much time on these crap teams. It's fun, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. All right, we're finally getting into a better team. Someone who, uh, no, it's still bad. Maryland at five, 
five point five. Five and a half. Ooh. I think this one's going to be tough. That's why I wanted us to move on because we've got some toughies coming up. I, I think I'm taking the over here, but like just barely. I see him getting six wins. Maryland last year had, it was like maybe the third or fourth worst rushing attack in the Big Ten. Um, I do think that they've made some improvements in that regard. They'll be a little bit better. Uh, give my boy Talia a little bit more support. So I think they're going to be a better team. But when you look at their conference, it's just like loss, loss, loss. There's another one of those teams. It's so difficult to be. You were saying this just before we started potting. It's so difficult to be a mid-tier team in the Big Ten because your conference matchup, your schedule Mm -hmm. is just so grueling. And so you could actually have a really solid side in Maryland and only end up with six wins. And I think that's where I have them this year. I'll give them the over, but just barely. Yep, me too. I'm going over as well. All right. Oh, sweep for – so over on Maryland as a team, and was it under on – which Illinois. one did we all agree on? What? No, we, it was that. Uh, who did we all go under Rutgers. on? Rutgers. Oh, yeah. Rutgers. Yeah, all that's right. right. Hating Rutgers, <laughs> loving Maryland. Uh, I don't ooh, know about loving. <laughs> <laughs> loving right. to get to six and six. Uh, we're getting into a lot of wins now, so this is going to get complicated. Iowa at seven and a half. I'm taking the over there. And that's makes me so mad. Love <laughs> but, it. <laughs> but I just I don't see enough teams that can make a dent in that defense. How's Iowa State looking this year, Bran? They bring You never know with Ohio, Iowa State, but it doesn't matter because Iowa owns Iowa State. Is uh it, Brock do. Purdy still there? No. <laughs> yeah well, iowa state but the thing is is iowa state usually does better when they're doubted so this year iowa state people are thinking they're going to be like a six seven win team uh which makes me think they're going to be better than that because last year everyone mm. thought that they could win the conference and then they were terrible <laughs> but it doesn't matter how good iowa state is because iowa just finds a way to win that game almost every single year Iowa could be four and zero going into the Michigan game. That'd be let's scary. let's rephrase that. Iowa will be undefeated <laughs> when they host our Michigan Wolverines. And boy, honestly, is that I hope be they a scary are. Game. I hope they're undefeated. I hope they're feeling good. Um, I want to play teams at their best. I'm going over for Iowa. Again, hate it, but. South Dakota State win, Iowa State win, Nevada win, Rutgers win, Illinois win, Northwestern win. Boy, what's yeah, the is, is that the really back that half bold of schedule's a, tough? Back half is tough. I stopped again? saying wins is quickly. It, <laughs> is it really that much of a stretch to say they'll be undefeated once they host Michigan? Four wins in the season, their only real challenge is Iowa State. Yeah. Uh unless Rutgers is a lot better than we're giving them any credit for. Uh yeah, Rutgers knows how to give some teams a challenge. Was it 7.5? Yeah, 7.5. Yeah. Okay. One. That point might as well just count the losses. Four. <laughs> two. Five. Six. Oh, man. That's. This is really that's tough. That's actually really tough. I see them at that 7 and 5, 8 and 4 type zone because I think that there's two. I mean, I don't see them beating Ohio State. They're no. going to Columbus. That's just not a good matchup. And, if uh, our picked teams are good this year, 
if Purdue's good, if Minnesota's right, then this gets real tough. Yeah, if Minnesota's I, good, if Nebraska's even good. Yeah, yeah, and Nebraska, all three. All right. I mean, if they are, and Iowa, you know, only gets one win against those, that's a seven-win season. You're right. I picked Purdue. Uh, what am I doing? This is a swing. I'm going over. It's Iowa. And I'm going under because this is Purdue's year. I'm still staying over because uh, Iowa's defense should still be very strong. And I don't think their offense could get possibly any worse. So I have to imagine they will be a little bit better, if not at the very least the same on that front. So even though I'm really big, Travis, really bullish fool. on uh, Minnesota and Nebraska, <laughs> I do think they at least beat Nebraska there. Uh, probably beat Minnesota as well. That'll Doubt give them their eight Kirk wins. Ferentz to your own peril. The man wins eight games in his sleep. Last year's team was aggressively mediocre, and they <laughs> won ten games. That's what makes me so mad. Cody you know what? said it. What did they, they do to get better this year, Bran? Well, they returned their almost entire defense. They returned an aggressively mediocre team. <laughs> they returned... Everyone else is getting better. Team. So they have more time to understand the system, to to learn the great lessons from Kirk Ferentz, to understand Hawkeye football. They're getting their eight wins, and they might mess around and get a ninth. <laughs> the reason they are not going to get the over is because the next team at seven and a half is your Big Ten West champions, the Purdue Boilermakers. Under. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I gotta look at it real quick. What what makes the West so hard is I think there's like probably three to four teams all at like seven point five or like seven wins. <laughs> all of them. They can't all be eight and four. It's Mm-mm. impossible. So you just have to pick who's it gonna be. Uh so it makes sense for Travis to like go high on Purdue and low on Iowa. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I'm in box into a corner because I think that Purdue could be good and I actually really like their schedule. But I almost have to pick against them because, like Cody, I am actually a little bit higher on Nebraska this year. I'm high on Minnesota. I'm always high on Iowa. So, seven and a half. Yeah, I'm. I'm taking the over. I think Purdue has to steal one, maybe one and a half games to hit the over. And I'm counting Penn State as a steal there. Because Penn State is historically better, and they're favored by... Penn State's only a three-point favorite in that game. I'm giving them one win uh, out of every two that are kind of like a toss-up. So you got Penn State and Purdue, and then also Purdue-Minnesota. I think they'll they have a good chance of getting at least one of those. In between oh. Florida Atlantic, <laughs> Syracuse, Indiana State, they're winning all of those. So that gives um four out of the first five. Uh, and then Maryland, that's five wins right there. <sighs> Nebraska, I legitimately see as being a tough test, except it is in Purdue. So I'll probably Nebraska give them... is a tough test for everyone, even if they have a bad season. I may just go ahead and give them the win there because that is at Purdue. Uh, so that gives them their five. And then I have Iowa winning and Wisconsin winning. Uh, but Illinois, Northwestern, and Indiana, I have them winning out those last yeah. three, and that gives them their eight. If Purdue can make it through the heart of the season with a chance at the uh, Big Ten West title, they've got a cakewalk through the end. I mean, depending on how Illinois is, it's Illinois, Northwestern, IU. 
Like you couldn't ask for, but IU is always. I mean, that's a rivalry. You never know, but Purdue. Owns I think I'll them. take the over. I hate it. it. Doesn't make sense, but I just am. I'm not seeing that many losses for them on the schedule. So, do we all go over? We all went over. Boiler up. Well, I went under, but I. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went over. All right. Next up is Cody's Cornhuskers at seven and a half. Again, seven and a half. There's so many oh seven gosh. and a half teams. It makes this so challenging. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nebraska opens up the season as a 12 point favorite at Northwestern. Then they've got North Dakota. That's another win. Georgia State, Georgia Southern. Sneaky good team, Georgia Southern always, but that's a win. And then Oklahoma. So four straight wins <laughs> to open the season. <laughs> I like that confidence code. <laughs> All right. At least three, though. I like Honestly, the way we're starting this. Other than Oklahoma. After that, you've got IU, Rutgers, and then the buzzsaw of the Boilermakers. <laughs> but really, oh boy, I think Nebraska has the easiest start to the season for a Big Ten team. And the toughest end, yep. Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. I mean, it could be tougher. There's one team, I don't remember which one we were just talking about, that's Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, but yeah. Man. I said that I'm higher on Nebraska but I'm picking for them under. to get to for them to get to eight <laughs> wins is a massive jump. They haven't made a bowl yet under Scott Frost. Yeah. So I'm going to go under the schedule sets them up for a, like by the time they get to play Michigan, I a hundred percent think it's possible that they could have one to two losses. That's like, they would come in thinking that they're legit. And then all of a sudden they have to play Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa to wrap up. Like, uh, it's tough. <laughs> and one to two losses. That's uh, that's assuming that they beat um, at least one of Purdue or Minnesota, which yep. they could realistically lose both those games. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, I am as well. I'm gonna go under as well. I really do. Not think my that they team. Could get bowl eligible though. <laughs> You got an underdog to cheer for, Cody. Yeah, I mean, you can bet I'm going to be cheering for them nearly every game. All right, we've got two seven-and-a-half winners left. There's more? The next, Brandon's <laughs> Gophers, Minnesota Gophers, seven-and-a-half. Another seven and Big Ten West at seven-and-a-half. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Gophers, and we're going to run into the same issue, except that at least the Gophers have three straight cakewalk games. Maybe Colorado will be give them a hard time, but... Probably not. Then they run into Michigan State. It's tough. That Michigan State game, Minnesota likes to run the ball, and Michigan State likes to stop the run. Yep. But if Tanner Morgan can figure out how to throw the ball on that horrible secondary that Michigan State has, which I don't know that he will, (laughs) Chris Ottman-Bell, He's going to have to go off for 200 yards. I'm taking the under. Sorry, Bran. This is my team. I'm going over. That's the spirit. I think I'm going under. Screw you. I I could see them getting eight wins, but they're going to have to get a real steal from one of those challenging Big Ten teams. Uh, Realistically, I think I see them going with seven. All right, next week, we're going to be talking about Michigan and Michigan State and giving our full previews for them. 
The next team is Michigan State at seven and a half. Brandon kind of gave us his take earlier in this episode, but do we want to skip Michigan and Michigan State for now, or and well, <laughs> or just preview it slightly for next week? I mean, we can get into details. I I said I thought they were an eight to nine win team, and that still gets them over their win total. So that's true. I just was saying I don't see a return to the 10-11 wins that they had last year. Yeah. But oh, the schedule is a covering. lot harder this year than last year. Michigan State is a 19-point favorite at Western. Yeah, take uh, take State there. I think that they're going to beat Western by probably four touchdowns. That's a... Uh... That's a huge difference from between last year and this year, the strength of schedule, which was really probably the primary reason why I was so bullish on their chances last year. Um, I wish I could say I had the clairvoyance to say Kenny Walker was a baller uh, before he came to Michigan State, and he was going to be a baller at Michigan State. Uh, but really, there just weren't that many teams that are going to be standing in their way. This year, oh, I mean, if Minnesota is – you know, a challenge, not a challenger, but like a challenging team that likes to spoil teams' chances at having a good schedule. Like I think they're going to be this year. There's a challenging matchup. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, all in a row. Um, and then ending the year at Penn State. Those are potentially four losses. <laughs> that's that's really, that makes it really tough at to the, be over seven and a half. At the same time, I think seven and a half is kind of insulting with the year yeah. they had. Uh, I think Sparty fans should be insulted and fired up about getting a seven and a half. Um, I see 10 wins on their schedule, but they don't have Kenneth Walker. Um, but I really, we talked about it last episode where we all believe in Peyton um, and they've got really good receivers. I think they could have a potent offense. They've got the transfer running backs again. Um can Mel Tucker make a transfer running back a star again? We'll see. But I'm taking the over for Sparties. Last There's year, a part of me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Last year, I was the self-proclaimed harbinger of hope. The hope for <laughs> Spartan fans. And I'm going to completely That's a good nickname code harbinger of hope. That's really great. And I'm going to throw that to the wayside. Because the Spartans are not reaching seven and a half. They're going to be stuck at seven wins this year. Oh. Call it disrespectful all you want. Um, hey, you Kenny Walker right Kenny Walker built that offense. And that secondary is just going to be as absolute garbage as it was last year. And the secret's out. If you can throw the ball even remotely well, you are going to be able to score on the Spartans. Uh, so I do think that they're going to be finding themselves in a lot of shootouts. And it's going to be very exciting. But as I said, that strength of schedule is really going to sap the strength from them. I just, I'm going to find it really challenging to believe that they're going to have uh, even close to as successful of a season as they did last year. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to be on that side because I see a lot of games that I consider toss-ups. Even a game such as like Maryland, you would think wouldn't be close. But Maryland throws the ball that's all they do if michigan state hasn't improved their secondary that could be a really troublesome game minnesota i don't know that's honestly it's a toss-up 
going to Washington could be a really difficult game for them. Um, obviously, Ohio State's tough. Wisconsin's tough. Michigan's tough. Michigan State's going to say, we always beat Michigan. I. That's going to be a big-time game. I think Michigan has that one circled extra big this year. There's a lot of games. I just don't feel like I can doubt Mel Tucker. I think he's going to find a way to at least get to eight wins. My head says that this schedule like is leaning towards what Cody's prediction is, especially with the way that the season went last year. They won a lot of close games, and they had one of the best running backs they've ever had of all time. But my heart says do not doubt Mel Tucker until he gives you a reason to let him be doubted. So I'm going to go over, but I still say I don't think that they're going to compete to be winning the conference like they were last year. Good to move on? Yeah. I suppose. We are f- I'm going to get some backlash for that one. And I, I do think that's a smart take. Uh, You're just even and out. Code, Mel cause... Tucker has shown that he has that dog in him. So I, I am not a, a Mel Tucker hater. I, I like that take that he will find a way to get eight wins. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if it did happen. But you guys both picked the over. And uh, I, I see a potential for it not happening. So I like it. I got to stick to it. We're finally out of the seven and a half win teams. Uh, however, I don't agree. The next team is Penn State at eight wins. I am taking the under. And that's that for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're almost at our 45-minute limit, so that's probably uh, for the better. Yeah, shut up, Code. <laughs> I don't believe in Penn State this year. Yeah, I'm going to take oh. the under as well. I I mean, they were the team that we both sold our stock in. I, I don't think they're going to be near as formidable as people think they might be. It was eight? Eight wins. Eight wins. Okay. Um, I'll take the over. I... I think that there's a good chance that they'll I guess I like nine and three more than I like seven and five. Um, I could see it pushing at eight and four, probably most realistically. But I think that there's a good chance that they actually do get Michigan State this year in the season finale. And uh, at this point it comes down to those coin flip games at Auburn and in the opener against at Purdue. Those are huge. Penn State recruits just as well as Michigan. They've got to figure this out. James Franklin is getting no, paid don't. so much money. <laughs> the, I mean, let me ask this real quick. I know you guys are talking about how long we're going. What's a successful season for Penn State? Ten, eight, nine. Nine wins is not successful to them, but to the world, it's like, yeah, they're okay. I think they got to okay. win ten because they've got pride. That's tough because, yeah, it's a similar situation to where other people think, yeah, if Michigan can have a chance at winning the big, that's like all they can really shoot for. And we want more than that. Penn State fans winning nine wins this season from where they're at and what's standing in their way. That seems like a very, you know, solid season, especially getting 10 wins like you mentioned. But they know they're capable of more. They're unranked in the, the current polls, so. Uh, they just the AP poll just came out today, I think, and they were not in the top twenty-five, which is insane. That, that Penn is. State is not ranked. I, th- I I think nine wins is what they need to get to, but we'll see. I think I think if you're trying to be objective about it, then nine wins is successful. But even getting nine, it's a I think step in the right direction. Right, they're gonna want more. Yeah. Um, 
before we get to the next team, ranking teams before the season even starts is hogwash, and they Stupid. shouldn't rank teams until third, fourth, or fifth week. Just let them play. We know if they're good or not after watching them a little bit, but let them play first. Next yeah, it game. Gives us stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it does, but it also gives biases that shouldn't be there. That's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very true. I agree. Wisconsin at nine wins. Again, under. I'm taking the under. There's a few of these uh, teams here that I'm taking the under at when Vegas thinks they're getting eight or nine wins. I think I'm taking the over, uh, partially because I've had so many teams up here at the you know higher end of tier two that I picked the under. Somebody's got to be winning these games. The West is going to be entertaining. Oh, I'm actually looking entertaining as all get out. I'm really looking forward to watching some of these Big Ten West games this year, which I don't know if I've said that very often in the past. <laughs> um, Probably not. But uh, yeah, this there's I think it's a toss up how the Big Ten West ends. Other than uh, who's going to be at the top, Purdue. But um, <laughs> I'm taking the under on Wisconsin. It was nine. Yeah, nine wins for Wisconsin. Hooey. I'm going under, and I feel actually pretty. This is one I feel strongly about. I think that some, like you guys just said, the West is going to be competitive. Yeah. Purdue's going to be good. Nebraska could be good. Minnesota's going to be good. Iowa's always pretty good. So nine wins is a lot for them, and they have a pretty good schedule. So I, I'm going to go under. Good. Hmm. There's just there's a lot of toss up games in there. Uh, but am I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I really, really, uh, Join could, me. I could very much see them at eight or nine wins. Um, it is at nine. Yeah. I don't see them getting 10, so I got to go under. All right. That's a clean sweep of the under for Wisconsin. So, I could see nine. I could definitely see a path to nine, but it'd be tough. I have a hard time with this one too because I, I I thought about picking Wisconsin as a stock option for going up at the beginning of this episode because they've got a really good running back, their offensive line's good, and like Brandon said, they're in the Big Ten championship game every other year, um, and this is the other other year. So I was tempted to take them, but when you look at the Big Ten West, like you all said, it's a toss up. It's hard to pick them to win nine. All right, next is. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines, um, they're, they're at nine and a half. Over. Yeah, well, surprise, Rocket surprise, I'm, I'm picking the over. I think that's a pretty, almost an easy one, which is crazy. I think that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I guess but nine when, and when you see people dive through Michigan's schedule, the amount of people that I see say that they're going to drop that game against Iowa is it's dumbfounding to me. I mean, 42 to 3. I know we're going to Kinnick. I know that's a different atmosphere. But it's much easier to go out and run the ball in an atmosphere like that than it is to run a gunslinging offense. You know, Michigan's offense is really bred for that type of uh, that stress. They can manage that. It's just it's shocking to me how many people think that Michigan's going to lose that Iowa game. It might be close. It, who knows? Maybe they could lose. I just don't think that's one that's so cut and dry like people make it out to be. So really, you may lose against Michigan State 
and Ohio State. At that point, you still have 10 wins. Uh, you do also have a game against Penn State in there at Michigan. I, I see us winning that as well. So you'd have to drop all three of those games. I don't see that happening. At the very least, I see us winning uh, one between Penn State and Michigan State, giving us at least 10 wins. Really, the easiest schedule I've seen from Michigan in quite some time, I think they coast to a minimum of 10 wins. I'm taking the over yep. pretty easily here. I think this is what I actually physically bet. So, And That's we're going to cover that next week. We can get into it a little bit deeper, but... I think you went over the schedule pretty nice there, Code. Thank you. And then uh, last but not not least, um, Brandon's second favorite team. Hey. <laughs> I'm just trying to pound it in, Brandon, that we don't need to hear about how good they are all the time. We know. You're right. We know. We know. <laughs> uh, just giving you a hard time. Um, you've been correct. Uh, but the Buckeyes are set at 11 wins. What a crazy over-under. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, Vegas saying they might lose one game. <laughs> See, I got it at 10.5, which I think was a – was a, a that's a good spot to get it at. Yeah. But you got in at 10.5? That's what it opened at. Oh, that's killer. But – if you're betting over 11 wins, you're saying they will go undefeated. Right. I hate that. Well. So, <laughs> I'm saying that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that over. Ugh. <sighs> what's more likely, 12-0 or 10-2? They went 10-2 last year. And that was kind of shocking. Yeah. Well, it was just shocking because Michigan beat them. Well, it hasn't happened in years. You also, nobody expected them to drop that game against Oregon. But Ohio and I State don't think always we... drops one. Almost always early in the season. And that's why I think we shouldn't look past Notre Dame. I know I'm Ohio State's. Past Notre Dame. I know Ohio State's better, but historically, Notre Dame in the, in the regular but season what? can do some things. But Ohio State historically. Drops a game they shouldn't drop early in the year, and then they become one of the best teams in the country throughout their whole season. I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to win, but just keep yeah, your eyes on it. That's historically when you look at other teams that were not coached by Ryan Day. The loss to Oregon was the first time they had done that under under him. Right. Under Urban Meyer, they always lost one game they shouldn't. They'd lose to Iowa or Purdue or Virginia Tech. But that was – Ohio State's loss to Michigan was Coach Day's first loss to a Big Ten opponent. Let me ask you third, guys – Third year of coaching. Let me ask you this. Do you guys believe in Utah this year? Yes. Yeah. Like big time, like they're going to be really good? They're going to be Pac-12 good. Right. Well, they were Ohio State good at the end of the last year. Like they uh. should have won that game. I mean, in the Rose Bowl, Ohio State a lot of players sitting out that game players. for Ohio State. A lot of players playing in that game too. Yeah. Just, just trying to put some perspective there. That. So, what's your pick, Trev? Under. Okay. 
I like it. <laughs> I don't agree with it, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I do either. <laughs> <laughs> I said that I said Ohio State stock up, so I guess I should stick with that and say that 12-0 is more likely than 10-2. Because, um, man, if they went 10-2, and they might consider moving on from Ryan Day. And I think that they'll be improved this year. That's such a wild thing to say. You sound like one of the people in the the Buckeye forums. Well, that's Brandon's the been spending too that, much time there. That's the people that you know cheer for the team, and if the fan base is ready to move on, that's usually when the administration starts to take. I I think we've established by this point the fans don't know what the heck they're talking about. Well, they're the ones who buy tickets. Yeah, I guess. All right, well, we've successfully made it through every Big Ten team. We've selected our teams we're going to be cheering for. All that's left is to really break down Michigan and Michigan State next weekend, or next week, and then the season's here before you even know it. So you guys feel Um, pretty good about where we're at with the Big Ten? I feel pretty good, but do you want to pick uh, division winners, or do you want to save that for next week? Let's pick that next week. All right. We we have more than... We, we've doubled the 45-minute time limit. Yeah, I know. If we're being candid. That's okay. This is a big one. This is the Big Ten preview, and we got into Star Wars, too, so it's that's a win-win. That is really me. Matt's fault. <laughs> yeah, Matt, it's all Come your on, fault. Matt. <laughs> Boo, Matt. Ah, that was actually a great question. Great way to get us started off. Love when we get those phone calls. Uh, so, yeah, definitely send us more of those. It's my favorite way to get a pod started. And now, before we end, I think Travis has one more jonesing announcement for us, and we'll send you guys on your way. Yeah, we'll definitely announce this on our, uh, what's it called, our group talk? A Discord. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking Travis. for so long. The motor it, is churning tonight. What's it called when you have a group of people like ha- enjoying Discord together? Uh, Discord. Uh <laughs> We'll announce this on our Discord as well as our Facebook and probably everything else because we are late in this episode. But we are going to be doing a college football pick'em league. So it's pretty much going to be a fantasy football league for picking, kind of like fantasy football betting, uh, where you don't actually have to bet. You just got to pick what you would bet. Um, So each week we're going to have – oh, what was it? It's – the Michigan, the Michigan State game, two games of the week, and then your choice. So I've already got the form made out. It's uh, I think it looks pretty good. I'm kind of kind of excited and proud of it. I will uh, be seeing who wants to be part of it. So hit me up if you are interested in being a part of this, and then we'll probably run it through our Facebook and our Discord each week, and making sure our picks get in. But and this is picking spreads, correct? This is picking the spread. Okay. So. Just for clarification. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So just to keep it simple, we're just going to do the spreads. But if you want to be a part of this, hit me up. I will also be posting, and you can probably comment and say add me, and we'll we'll get that rocking and rolling. But I'm actually really excited about it. Shout out to our fan of the pod, Spencer. This was his idea, and we ran with it. So, Spencer, thank you. I think this is going to be a lot of fun and something that we can interact with all you guys all year long with. 
Yeah, so, you know, Discord, our phone calls, this new fantasy betting idea, some of the best parts of our pod come from our interactions with you guys. So thank you just for your continual support. Don't stop talking to us. We get lonely, but we love just hearing from you. So in the interest of uh, keeping this from going any longer than it already has, thank you for joining for us tonight uh, in this discussion of the incoming college football season. And just remember, Ohio sucks. Ohio sucks.